You know when you're out with your friends and they all order beer and then you look insane when you don't want any beer? I mean, no offense to any of my friends out there, but I'm not a crazy obsessed beer drinker. I mean, once in a while, but I don't really love it. But I did recently try Bud Light Seltzer. It's not beer. It's a hard seltzer from Bud Light. Finally, there's something I can drink when everyone else is having a beer. Bud Light Seltzer's 5% alcohol, 100 calories, and it comes in four flavors. There's strawberry, lemon lime, mango, and my go-to black cherry. They're all super refreshing and perfect when I want something with a little more kick than just sparkling water. You know what I'm saying? Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. Welcome to the, I guess, the Jillian Michaels show. I guess. So well, is that what you want to call it? The Jillian Michael uh, show? I mean, sure. Yeah. Yes, I do. So that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's what we're going to call this. And uh, Janice is is back by popular demand. <laughs> yeah, by popular demand. As am I. Uh, we got... Here's the truth. We got so many requests to bring the show back. It was such uh, a huge success. And I think um, a a form of media where I could speak directly with people and work more closely with people, which is very important to me personally. Um, it's something that I, I have missed tremendously. And in addition, there are so many things to talk about, so many conversations that need to be had with regard to our health, our wellness, the state of the world, You know, the fact that our wellness is directly related to the wellness of the planet. We live in a closed system and and right now, I think the world is in chaos, to be totally honest with you. I know that I feel the world is in chaos. Our water is poison. Our food is poison. Banks are crumbling. People are out of work. You can't trust your government. You know, It's like, I really think at, at this point in time, for us as a culture, we're feeling lost. I know that, that I have felt lost or overwhelmed by uh, the state of affairs, <clears throat> and it's about looking for solutions together, getting educated, getting informed, being inspired, and then demanding change, demanding change from ourselves, demanding change from the, the world around us. And recently I've been thinking, you know, every generation had a revolution of sorts. You know, in the 60s, it was, it was the civil rights movement and, and the anti-war movement. And, you know, every generation has had their time. To, to turn things around and to to create sweeping change. And our generation has has flirted with that concept, you know, and, and there was the Obama campaign of like, yes, we can, and, and hope was abundant. And regardless, though, it kind of, I feel like it's dwindled a little. And I, I feel like we get hopeful, but we don't put the action behind that hope. This is about demanding change. This show, I want this show to be about Literally, I want a revolution. I want, I want people to demand more of themselves and of the government. And I know you guys will get into that. I know people are going, ugh, government. Oh, I don't want government in my lives. But the reality is government is all around you, and it should be working for you and not against you. So as you can see, we're starting small. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. We're done. Oh my God. We're in a revolt already. <laughs> Oh my god! I, can, can we talk about? Can I eat fat or not? No, revolt. <laughs> no, it's good. No, you're no, you're absolutely right. You're but it's time. I've like I've been bottled up now I, for oh, like really? two years with oh all god. of this going through my mind, being furious about the things that aren't getting done, the things that aren't being said, the oh, things that we need to be discussing. 
I know you're on. I know. But I will. I, know I will that. talk to you about that. And 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 in particular, <laughs> I would like to talk about the changes you've made with your hair color. You know, I knew you were gonna say something like uh, that in front of people. Well. <laughs> Why couldn't have why couldn't it have just been a private little conversation? What's why? going on? No, I want to discuss it because okay, so let's be clear. Janice takes very good care of herself. She keeps herself tremendously fit. It's been a little while since I've seen her in person and she's she's gone gray and I I mean like <laughs> It's okay, but I, you know, and I'm, I'm, one, I think, and I'm okay with it because I think it's like this kind of like I accept myself, I am who I am, kind of a thing. But, but I want to make sure that's what it's about because if it's not, I think we need to give in to the vanity, and I need to make an appointment for you at like Frederick for Kai. Who? No. Okay, I'll tell you. But is there something to be learned here from this? No. Maybe, this sort of like maybe there is. In, in yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Just if I could get personal for a moment, I, I, um. I went home. I went home to care for my mom. My mom. Uh, I bl- recently lost my mom, and I went home to care for her this last year. And so, when you get into a caregiving role, I mean, I've never been a mother, so I don't know. But I, when you get into a caregiving role, just things don't matter anymore. There's just, and I'm not saying my hair is my hair is the you know, this is the example of it. But I just, I stopped. Um, this you well, this is very interesting because I wonder. You know, there is no right or wrong in life. There is no black or white. And I think so many women um, feel like uh, uh, they're taking care of kids and they could be taking care of ailing parents. And so what should matter and what shouldn't? What should become important and what shouldn't? Where should we, what is, what becomes an an unhealthy sacrifice? Because Mm. the color of your hair is not going to affect the quality of your life, especially if you're like, I embrace it. So I think this this kind of conversation is really important. So so you tell me what what ceased to matter, what began to matter more, <clears throat> and yeah, elaborate. Well, please. I took the I took uh, I took I out of the out of the equation of my life. You can't. I mean, I mean, as I said, I've I've never really cared for anybody except my dog in my whole life. But I had to take the Janice out of out of my priority. It's always been about me. Oh, my focus in my whole life has always been about me. So I had to now care for somebody else. It had to be the focus. So, yeah, I let my hair go. I didn't let my body go. Right, you know, okay, because I, I was going to call you out on that. Because it's like you say that you, you you took the focus off, but you didn't. You're in great shape, possibly you know as good of shape, if not better. Because than- I know what I had to do to survive. I knew what I had to dig into to survive my life. And my, and my you know, hair didn't matter. This didn't matter. That didn't matter. Job didn't matter. Nothing mattered, but I knew that my health had to matter because if I wasn't there, if I wasn't there, my mom couldn't have survived. And I'm, I don't mean to sound like I'm St. Janice, but... No, you, you bring up a fantastic point because one of the points that I try to make with mothers in particular all the time, because they do fall into that, that sacrificing role and, and the role that society tells us to take on, which is you know, a good mother sacrifices for her young. And we see it in Nat Geo you know, specials mm. of like the mother that dies protecting her young. And the reality is that doesn't translate in the human species. We, we need to be around and healthy and strong to be an example for our progeny quote unquote and and help elevate their status and they're going to follow our example so when you were healthy and strong it made you better able to support your mother in in those difficult times because had you let your health go you wouldn't have been able to be there for her right and 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 it's not easy and this is why i completely have learned empathy empathy for mothers and other caregivers because there's not a lot of time you grab that you cherish that hour you grab that hour if that's all you've got you make sure it works. If people give you a dirty look because you run into the gym at, you know, 10 to 9 and there's only an hour left, put on blinders and just steal your hour of, of, of health. 
you know, because it, it, you only get that much. And that's why I, I never could, I, I never had understanding of why mother, I think, well, why don't you just go to the gym? Well, you know what? It ain't that easy. It just ain't okay. that easy. So well, then if it's not, and, and I, and I understand it's tough to speak to that though, because it's like, I haven't yet become a mother myself. So I do have the luxury of trying to carve out time and what have you, but where's, okay. So then really what we need to ask is how do you prioritize that time what can you turn to to recruit uh support and help what about siblings what about friends what about um professional caregivers whether it's the nanny for your kids the babysitter uh can you can you co-parent with another kid's parents at school or could you recruit a sibling to be helpful how can we lean on others because uh, obviously to raise children or i i quite honestly believe to do anything productive uh in in our culture it takes a village um, were you able to lean on others for support? Well, I think that... Which is not what, your strong suit. No, and it's not a lot of people. I, I don't think I'm alone in this in this journey of asking you are. for help. You're alone. <laughs> you know, I could beat you right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's That's the key. You can't do it alone. Whether it be caregiving, whether it be recovery, whether it be losing weight, whether it be anything, you can't mm. do it alone. And you say village, and that's very true. It doesn't have to be a mass of people, but you you got to have, you got to, you, you can't. Well, here, Janice, then here's an interesting question, question for you, because that has never been your strong point is being vulnerable and asking for help. So why do you think that is? Well, like, is this show, oh, yeah. is this show, what happened to the show? <laughs> Wait a minute. There what are happened? no rules anymore. What happened to the there are no, I don't try to cut this in post out no, of the show because we that's going to piss oh, me off. I think off. I wrote it down. Revolt against government. I thought <laughs> that's what it started with. No, this is important. Be well, brave because well, there are so many people out there who are in the exact same position. No, I know. I, there's, a, there's, there's a huge that there's don't, a swath of, of the population. And what is it? Is, is it that our, our, that our, our, our society is one that, that constantly constantly um, idealizes autonomy and uh, you know I, I, I'm an island I can do this all on my own I need help from no one I, I, is it that we're we're um, conditioned to believe that, that these are admirable attributes or that or that asking for help is weakness or admitting defeat or is it that some of us don't feel worthy of being helped it's like oh god I don't want to put that person out I don't want to inconvenience that person oh I you know what is it because because the reality is that to be productive you know, you, you get what you give. Somebody helps you. You're then stronger, able to help somebody else. And we keep that currency of goodwill flowing freely in our society. But I think, it, you know, it's dammed up. It's been shut down. And everybody feels like they have to do everything on their own, which is virtually impossible, by the way. And another reason why I think people are struggling in so many various aspects, whether it's personally, professionally, with their health, to achieve their goals, to achieve their dreams, because it's just it cannot be done alone it can't be whether it's seeking out information from an expert whether it's you know leaning on a friend for uh motivation or inspiration or whether it's literally recruiting physical help so that you can find the time to take care of yourself wow. this is your turn no but you know but the question, <laughs> no but you 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 answered the because it isn't black or why can't you ask for help there's no real black and white question you you gave a, a litany of reasons why and, and all I can say yes to each and every one of those. Um, fear of being refused, fear of failure, mm. fear ego. You know, okay. ego is huge for, 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 for believe it, I'm gray and I have an ego. Who, who would have known? But you know, <laughs> I, I, it's a, 
our conditioning, our parent, you know, when, how we're taught. You know, if, if our parents never ask for help, you know, you see that. And I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not blaming, I do, I'm a firm believer and don't blame anybody for anything. No, but, but, it, but still, it, it's like there, we are conditioned a certain way as we grow up. And then I think when we become adults, we have the ability to go, wow, okay, this is why I do what I do. Now I'm conscious. And, right. and now I have the ability to make a different choice. And then, you know, you can release the, the victim thing and not blame anyone. But, but the reality is it's not a bad thing to look back in your past and go, okay, you know, my mother did that. I learned it from her. Now I'm aware. And now I have to be responsible for making the changes in my life. So I don't think it's blaming. I, I think that that's, that's very legitimate in, in, in understanding who you are, why you do what you do. In fact, I was listening to this philosopher the other day and he was talking about uh, education and, and uh, you know, he was kind of against conventional forms of education and he was saying that it's like it, it conditions people to fall into these cookie cutter roles and have expectations. It's like, oh, I went to college. Now should I be rich tomorrow? Is my ticket stamped? And in reality, the best education you have is awareness of yourself and, and why you're sometimes constructive, why you're sometimes destructive. And that in itself is what's going to propel you towards success because you're able to get out of your own damn way. So go on. I think it's you're talking about it's okay to I give you permission. You're allowed to look back and say, I didn't see my parents ask for help. And maybe that's where I where, you know, where I get it from. I think we need permission. Like right away. You're like, no, I have to be. I can't I can't blame anyone. But that's okay to say no. No, no. If you're you're, you hit a point where if it's great to have awareness. Yes. It's it's, it's wonderful. But if you do nothing with that awareness, Mm. you're hooped. You know, hooped. Hooped. I believe that's a Canadian term. Hooped. You're um, hooped. Hooped. Um, uh, <laughs> what does that even? You're hooped. Hooped, hooped means. Um, how can I explain hooped? hooped Our engineer is hysterically you're, laughing at you. You're hooped. You're screwed. You're you're screwed. You're effed. You're effed. Yeah. You know, I think we're allowed to say that, but I don't. I know didn't if you say. Want to go I there. didn't say the full word. I am really trying to wean myself off of the swearing, so F is really kind See, of an intermediate a, place for me. That's a wonderful thing to do. I, I too try not to say the F word. It falls you say, out. You say hoop. I say hoop now. <laughs> oh, I'm just. Gosh darn it, I'm hooped. You know, I think this would be a good time to take a breather because because we have to refocus. Oh, wait. Oh, hooped, no. the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Caught in a situation that has no obvious solution. Example, we're kind of hooped because the guy to interview you doesn't come into work for another two hours. Oh. See, hooped. Hooped. I guess we're gonna take we're gonna take a break and figure out what what we're gonna talk about next. Well, yeah, I think we should. And I'm just I'm just you know. You're hooped. Thank God I'm here. Honestly. <laughs> okay, we're back, and we've decided to talk a little bit about fear. Um, not an unfamiliar topic. I've I've written about it. I've talked about it before on per- previous radio shows, for that matter. And I've also uh, you've seen me engage with various uh, individuals on television on this topic. I find it very interesting that. You know, that message of fearlessness has been so idealized. I see it on T-shirts. I see it in magazines, you know, ridding yourself of fear, becoming fearless. And and it really, it, it brings to mind images of human beings defying the laws of nature, doesn't it? It's like, he's just, he's fearless. He's so brave. And and that is absurd to me. The The reality is that every creature on the planet from the smallest living creature to the most powerful CEO is going to experience fear. It's part of uh, our genetics. It is a built-in survival mechanism. It exists for a reason. But with that said, it can be a source of uh, motivation. 
It can inspire you. It can it can drive you to find the lesson that your fear is holding for you. It can make you wiser, stronger, more uh, potent and powerful human being because the reality is that you know we are imperfect creatures and this is a learning process. And when we embrace our fears, when we confront them, then we can take that lesson and move forward again, stronger and wiser and what have you. But fear can also be debilitating. It can be paralyzing. And the irony of all this is that often what we fear the most is change. And again, the irony of that is change in so many cases is the thing we crave the most. So it's like we, we want change. We want we want to do uh, a job that we love. We want to be healthier with our body. We might want to fall in love or, or be in healthy relationships. And yet that change is so terrifying that people can become stuck or paralyzed. And I want to talk a little bit about how, what is that kind of tipping point where you allow your fear to motivate you and you move through it, or again, it, it debilitates you. How do you kind of choose the direction you're going to take? What is that? What is the how-to of confronting fears? Because it's really easy to sit there and tell somebody, oh, just confront your fears, just move through your fears, just face your fears. How do you do that when you're, when you're terrified? How do you do that? And there are, there are, uh, there are many ways. There are, there are techniques that I'm going to talk about with you right now, but I just want to give you a couple of examples of how it can motivate you or how it can paralyze you so you understand what I'm talking about. A lot of times I'll work with people who are in relationships and they're afraid of being truly vulnerable of really opening up, of really embracing and saying, okay, I I believe that you love me. I believe that everything you're telling me is true. I believe that I'm worthy of your love. I'm going to open up. I'm going to put it all out on the table and here are my cards. That is terrifying. We all want to believe that at any given point, if someone left us, we'd be okay. We could walk away, that we're guarded, that we're an island, that that we're self-sustaining. But if you have an attitude like that, ultimately, You're shutting off to that person you love. You're not sharing yourself with them. And I've seen on many different occasions that kind of attitude drive the significant other away. Which, by the way, created the very thing that you were fearing the most. The loss of that loved one. Conversely, I can talk from personal experience about this story. When I was a kid, I had a lot of friends whose parents were wealthy. And who paid for, you know, their college education, their rent, their car, their insurance... After they graduated college, they continued paying for them. And I remember, you know, being pissed because I was like, God, I can barely scrape up enough change, you know, to put gas in the car this week. I can, uh, I would spend nights up worrying about rent and just constantly freaking out and stressing and being pissed that, you know, why didn't my parents give me more and, and what have you. But the reality is that fear of survival, of being able to take care of myself, forced me to network, to, to build social skills, to, uh, to be aggressive and go after the things that I wanted, to make a future for myself, to create the things that I needed because it wasn't being given to me. And my friends who are being given everything they wanted, they're now in their 30s and still have no idea what the heck they want to do with their lives. So that, that fear of making ends meet made me ambitious and driven and it gave me a sense of capability because then I was like, wow, I, I was able to do it. I paid my rent this month by myself. I remember the first time I did that at 18, it was so liberating. I was terrified. 
And so, you know, it empowered me. And then I, I realized through that accomplishment of facing my fear that I was, I was capable. I was able to, to, to be self-sustained and, and to take care of myself in those ways. And there was a lesson in that particular fear. And in facing it and confronting it, quite frankly, because I did not have a choice in that particular instance, I gained that lesson and I've gone on in my life wiser and stronger. And I think examples are really important because without them, things can seem sort of esoteric. You know, you don't, you don't know exactly what I'm talking about and what have you. So the reality is, all right, great. Now, now we know I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. But how, how do I begin to take these steps? I think, first of all, let's look at this rationally. Is the thing you fear really rational? And what's the worst case scenario? Like I had this guy who was in love with a chick at work and he wanted to ask her out, but he was terrified. And so he could not do it. And I I went through every scenario with him. Like, okay, what is the worst that's going to happen? And he's like, well, I'll be humiliated. I'll be embarrassed. And and so what? If people judge you because you asked this girl out and she didn't go out with you and they don't like you, then isn't that a gift? Don't you know these are not people that I want in my life and move on? You should have a stronger sense of self to say if people aren't supportive and people judge me for that, thank you. Thank them for showing you who they are. Now you know you don't want people like that in your life, so it's truly a blessing and a gift. And when you've stretched that emotional fabric a little bit and made yourself uncomfortable and a little bit vulnerable, and I'm not asking you to go crazy and call up, you know, Sandra Bullock and ask her on a date, that is, you know, of course, overwhelming. But the girl at your office, that's a stretch. That's within the learning zone. That's something that's achievable. It's a risk that you can take and survive the downfall of. Now, flip it. Okay, so you look at the worst case scenario. What's the worst thing that happens? Are you going to be able to survive it? Have you survived setbacks before? Do you have the resilience? Of course you do when you put it in that kind of perspective. Now flip it and ask yourself, what's the best that can happen here if you take that risk? If you reach for that thing that you want, well, maybe you fall madly in love with this girl. Maybe you live happily ever after and you've met your soulmate and you, you know, you get the 2.5 2.5 kids and the picket fence and the whole thing. And I don't, I don't know what that 0.5 kid thing is about, but I've heard it before. I, I don't really. I, I, You've heard that though, right? I, I it's not just me. The 2.5. I, like, I think it means one in the, on the way. Does it? I think so. Oh, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think you should investigate that. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't want to be judged for it though. I, no, no, I, because I don't I've, judge. Because I've, I've become, you know, I've become famous. And yeah, I, know. I have to be so careful about what I say. I know. I've seen you get in trouble before. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take care of the point five. I'll, I'll Google it. Okay, good. I'll okay, Google good. It. So, yeah, because I didn't originate that. No, 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 Okay, no. good. Uh, all right. So, anyway. So, my, my point is this. Falls in love. Falls in love with this girl. And think about the potential windfall of him confronting that fear. What the possibilities are. So, then I say to my friend, look, man, is that not worth is that possible future not worth you risking a little ego bruise, being a little bit embarrassed, being uncomfortable? Weigh out the possibilities and ask yourself if all those great things don't overshadow your worst case scenario. Next one. Practice a little bit of visual, and this is so, so sort of cheeky and cliche, but I'll, I'll explain why it works. Practice some visualization. Seeing yourself achieve the goal 
picturing yourself going through the actions and the steps that it would take to achieve the goal. So in other words, not just winning, quote, the Olympic medal, but seeing yourself doing the training for it, seeing yourself eating the foods for the training program. Then this applies to, to anything, opening your own business, asking out the girl, going after any goal. And the idea behind this is that you create these visions in your mind. The human brain is is very tricky and, and complex thing in that it, it cannot tell the difference on an unconscious level of what's real and what's imagined. So when you create these visions of success and going through the motions and the process, you're essentially warming yourself up to a belief that you can do it. Because what's so scary, I think, for people is they don't believe in their ability to do the necessary tasks at hand. And this visualization is one technique in particular that allows you to kind of buy in, buy into that possibility, embrace it, get excited about it, get passionate about it. And sometimes that passion can overshadow that fear. It's like, okay, I'm so I'm passionate. I want it so much that it can help you diminish your fear of taking that risk. Another option is to walk in someone else's shoes. And what I mean by that is, when I'm scared of something, when I'm scared of taking a chance, when I'm scared of, of, of going off into uncharted territory, I look at other people who've done it, and that motivates me. I, I walk in their shoes. I vicariously experience the, the fear, the risk, and the success or potential failure and resilience associated with that. I'll give you another example. Obviously, we all know I've decided to walk off of Biggest Loser after season 10. Of course, I want to focus on on uh, adoption and what have you, but there's other things I want to do with my career. There are other risks and chances that I want to take that are unproven in, in, in areas that I am an unproven uh, talent, sorry, for lack of a less arrogant word. Um, and I was watching Jay-Z on Masterclass, and he was talking about how no no record label would give him a chance, and they didn't believe in him, and he was like, you know what? I started my own record label. I put everything I had into it. I did it, you know, I went into uncharted territory, and, and I did it all myself, and I, I watched him, and I listened to him, and I thought, God, if this guy can be brave and be an innovator and not feel like he needs this safety net, and he talked about being safe and being comfortable and how it stops you from growing, and I was like, if he could do it, I can do it. And I think that's another reason that Biggest Loser did resonate so much with the public is because people watched the contestants go through hell and back and come out the other side of it, take that journey with them vicariously on that emotional roller coaster and then say, if they can do it, I can do it. So whatever you're afraid of, look at somebody who's who's walked that path already, who's been down that road and either failed, survived it and adapted or ultimately been successful and that can be really helpful when you're feeling alone and overwhelmed and I think ultimately the reality is this what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and as as Hemingway said you know we're, we're stronger in the places that that we've been broken and I believe that that's a choice so running from your fears it's not an option I'm telling you right now if you want to open up to possibility you have to move into that unknown space and being fearless is absolutely absurd so try practicing some of these techniques and keep an open mind and move into that fear. Take the lesson it can teach you to enhance the quality of your life. Janice is giving me the wrap-up sign. It's the wrap-up sign. She's giving it's me the, the wrap-up sign. It's, otherwise, you're hooped. So I'm let's, so let's so take a breather, get some water, uh, and, and uh, let's answer some calls. Okay, great. Okay, you're back to the Jillian Michaels Show, and it's call time. Cindy? Yes? Hey there, how are you? 
Good. How are you? I'm good. So hit me good. with your question. Janice gets mad when I do the small talk too much. So hit me okay. with. <laughs> yeah, no, she, she, she thinks it's boring. Yeah, she thinks it. Um, she thinks I'm boring when I do, which make, I'm, I'm, which I'm doing, of course, just to make you mad right now. Small talk, small talk. Don't you know what? You're <laughs> totally never boring. So <laughs> don't worry about that. Cindy never. thinks I'm not boring, Janice. Okay, I'm sorry, buddy. Hit me with your question. Okay. When I used to run five miles, I used to burn a thousand calories. Okay. Now when I run five miles, I only burn like five hundred. All right. What's up with that? Well, two questions. Um, number one, how are you tracking this information? Um, I have a polar heart rate monitor. Okie dokie. And number two, were you heavy and now you're thin? Yes. Okay. I've lost 100 pounds. Well, honey. All right. So so let me explain. So let me explain this to you. Um, I can't remember the exact equation. I think it was in my first book, Winning by Losing. But for, I believe, I'd have to go back and look it up, but for... Every 25 pounds of body weight, you're you're burning 50 more calories for the same level of exertion. So if okay. I'm 100 pounds and you're 125 pounds, and I'm trying to remember the time frame of it, uh, could have been. Unfortunately, I can't remember the exact time frame. But let's say let's say you and I do the the exact same workout for 30 minutes. I'm 100 pounds, you're 125 pounds. You're gonna burn 50 more calories than I do. If you're a hundred, okay. if you're 150, you're gonna burn a hundred more calories than I do. And these these are rough estimations um, off of an equation that I, I can't fully remember. But the okay. idea is to give you um, to give you the understanding that when the body is heavier, it requires more energy to accomplish that task. Do you know how okay. much harder? If I threw a hundred pounds on your back right now and you went running for. Uh, five miles or what have you, you'd, you'd burn the thousand calories, I'll tell you right now, because the level of exertion is that much more demanding. Your body is requiring that much more energy. Now, my point to you is this, though. You've lost 100 pounds. So do you really need to be creating a thousand calorie deficit for your run? I burn 300 to 400 in a session that's 30 to 45 minutes, and I maintain my weight very easily with that eating roughly 1,800 calories a day. So... Well, I guess that's my second question. I'm in the required weight range, according to your chart on your site. Okay. Um, I'm 5'6". I weigh 135. And? I know you're going to yell at me. I'm about, I'm getting mad. Getting mad, Cindy. (laughs) Sorry, but I don't like the way I look yet. So I was Well, then you need a therapist, girl. That's what you need. You you got uh, some body dysmorphia going on. Because five, six, 135 pounds, that's fabulous. I'm, I'm really, really tiny bones. Like uh, okay. bird bones. Uh huh. Bird bones? Bird- my daughter. Yeah. What's what does that even mean? What does bird bone mean? Like, are you a sparrow? <laughs> are you an eagle? What are you talking about? I, I, I literally had my wrists are so stinking tiny. Like, my daughter and I are the same. She's at No, you, you know, you place. are on another planet right now. You you are not in your, you're not in a reality. You you are body dysmorphic. You have a very skewed view of what, of what no, you look like. I was fat. I just said if I took off another five to ten pounds, would that get rid of the extra jiggle stuff that's going on? I can't. Or I can't I see. That? Here's the thing. I can't see your body right now, so I can't. I can't really tell. Um, you know how off base you are. I'm. Uh, you know, I'm the girl that wrote a 200 page book on losing the last 10 pounds. I'll say this. I mean, at six foot tall, 135 pounds, 
you are healthy as ever. If you don't, ah, I know what I want you to do. Thank you. Comes to me like like a little light bulb right over my head. Get your body fat tested. Okay? Okay. I want you to do that for me. Get your body fat tested. If you are in the teens at all or up even until the, the low 20s, 20, 21, 22, 23, you need to shut up because you are in great shape. Now, if you're okay. higher than that, then it's a question of body composition, not of weight loss. Okay? okay. And then in that particular instance, and you should be doing this anyway, start incorporating more resistance training, not just cardio, into your regimen. Well, I'm doing making the cut now. I do that in the morning, and then I do cardio at night. Okay. But what you might be doing is creating too much of a calorie deficit because it sounds like that's, you know, you're thinking, got to lose weight, got to lose weight, got to lose weight. And when you're already at a proper healthy body weight and you're creating a crazy calorie deficit, your body will actually eat its own muscle because for survival reasons, muscle is expendable. But fat is not. Fat is necessary for survival. So you could be driving your body fat composition up. So what I want you to do is essentially focus on eating healthy food, balance out your calorie intake with regard to the amount of calories that you're burning, and then get your body fat composition somewhere between, you know, 16 is ridiculous. Somewhere between 16 and 23 is fantastic. And give yourself a little credit. I think that's going to work wonders for you. Okay? Okay. All right. Thank you for calling, buddy. All right. Thanks so much. (laughs) Bye. All right, bye. Bird-boned. Bird-boned? I'm bird-boned. What the hell's a bird-boned? <laughs> I, I am bird-boned. Okay, cool. Who's next? Uh, Serve it up. i, I got to go out and do it. Hang on. Right. we got to stop for a second. Oh, Lord. i got to get used to this. Place. I'm on a roll. I know you are. Got to get your seat back. Janice sent me um, an email this week. It's like, I want us to get our seats back. I was like, what are you talking about? It's, uh, You're bird-boned, aren't uh, you? Seats, bird-boned, hoop. Ah, it's all the same thing. Okay, we got the next caller. Holly. Yes, ma'am. How you, oh, yeah. Oh, listen to that accent. That's cool, uh, dude. I love it. Where are you from? Uh, Mississippi. Mississippi. I love that. All right. Yes. What's going on, fattest, Holly? Hit me with your question. State in the, the fattest state in the union. Oh. <laughs> That's very unhappy, Holly. What, what are we going to do about that? We we better make I'm sure fine. that you're representing. I do. I, I go to the gym six days a week. Ah, girl. I like this, yeah. Holly. This is a good. Yeah. This is a good one, Janice. I see. I see why you picked her. And she does have a cute okay. little accent, which which makes us sound very sort of, you know, yeah, like like we're like we're, we're global. We're yeah, we're everywhere. We got we got Holly people from Mississippi calling yeah. in. This is big. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> A little town in Mississippi. <laughs> okay, what's your question? What is the most nutritious snack food? I am a snackaholic. Ooh. And like when I come in from the gym, yeah. I don't know whether to like almonds, but when I say almonds, I mean I eat a bag of almonds. Now, I Ooh. only weigh 85 pounds. Oh, you only weigh 85 pounds? Yeah, I'm only 4'8 and weigh 85 pounds. Oh, you're itty, but you're I'm, teen. I'm, you're, I'm she, kinda she's kind of like bird-boned. She's petite. Okay. Okay. So, uh, all right. This this becomes kind of a different conversation then, because if you're trying to lose weight, snacking is actually the enemy. Uh, but you, you bring up an interesting point because as somebody who who's extremely petite and small, snacking is actually essential. You should be eating every two hours because you you clearly have a fast metabolism and you're trying to keep weight on. So right. for those of you who 
you know, those of you who are trying to lose weight, don't graze, don't snack. It's three meals, one snack, which breaks down to every four hours. So it's a breakfast, a lunch, a snack, and then dinner. For someone like you, I get your point. Yes, you need to be grazing throughout the day. So you don't want to be eating, you know, although you need your calories, you want to make sure that those calories are nutrient-dense and in your case as well, calorie-dense. So nuts are going to be a great choice. But the question then becomes... Uh, you know what kind of nuts you're eating. So you want to make sure that you don't you don't need them roasted in oil. You could go raw. You could go dry roasted. I would tell you, you know, again, if you were if you were in a weight loss situation, that a bag of nuts is like, you know, depending on the size, could be a thousand calories because right. nuts are so uh, so dense with regard to to calories. Um, but for someone like you, that's going to be a great snack because. There's all kinds of nutrients in them. There's healthy fats in them. There's fiber in them. There's protein in them. So that is going to be a really good choice for you. Um, what, I eat raw almonds now. You know what else you could do? You could do protein shakes as well. And in them, you could put nut butters. You could put uh, full-fat yogurts. You could put um, provided, uh, you know, with dairy for me, if you're if you're not going to go with organic dairy, and yes, I, I know I'm going to hear how elitist it is and how expensive it is, but the reality is if you're not going with organic dairy, don't go with dairy. Go with a, okay. with a coconut, sub, uh, not soy though, never soy, different conversation, but go with like a coconut substitute or again, go with almond, but I prefer that uh, almond be organic if you're going to choose that option. Um, uh-huh. So you could add things that are caloric. Bananas, uh, peanut butter, almond butter, protein powder, and if you snack on those two things, you should be getting a, a high amount of calories and a high amount of nutrients. Okay, okay. buddy. Thank you so much, <laughs> and you're you're an inspiration. You rock. Oh well, thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Okay, Jillian, you got uh, Nicole on the line. Oh, Nicole. Hi. Hi there. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. So tell me what's going on. Um, I, I, yes, it's her. <laughs> um, I had gastric bypass about seven years ago. Okay. And have had a bunch of complications like blood wise since then. So it, it, it was not a good idea to do it. I don't think. That's, but let's I, don't even worry about that right now. Just, just don't even no good. I don't live in the past. Let's, we're right here right now and everything's going to be okay. So. Well, I lost about 150 okay. altogether and put back about 50. Okay. Um, I started running, um, your picture is actually on my treadmill, <laughs> and I just imagine you yelling at me saying, if you're not puking or dying, just keep going, and I do. Good. That's my girl. It is. My mom laughs at me, and I I started to like running because it's really strange. I get this clarity when I'm running, and I figured out a lot of stuff in my head of why I got heavy to begin with. Fabulous. Put back about 50. And it's really difficult because I can't eat, like, big meals of things. But when I find I'm hungry, I'm eating the wrong things. Mm-hmm. And I'm not exactly sure how to jumpstart it to get back to the 50 that I, I kept, uh, that I didn't keep off. Okay, so two questions here. Um, when you say you're not exactly sure how to jumpstart it, do you mean your motivation? Or do you mean your physical metabolism? Or do you mean both? Probably a little bit of both. Um, I got the motivation when I started, and then I, I'm severely anemic, so I get blood um, iron transfusions. Okay. And when I get really, really tired, like I put my treadmill in my room because that way I have to look at it every day. It's very smart. Of, like, you're, you're... Go to the gym. There's not like that whole 
No, you're manipulating your environment so it's geared for your success. It's a it's right. a very smart, savvy behavioral technique to oh, to keep your yeah no no no, no to, to keep Can you I being. Put your picture on there. And I'm like, okay, well, if anybody's gonna yell at me, it's gonna be her. Oh, so without I, a doubt. But I but I don't watch it and go okay, and I watch Biggest Loser, and then I go okay, well, I have her voice in my head, so let's go. But I don't want to yell at you right now. Um, I although I do enjoy that. That that's not exactly uh, the goal here. So what I what I want to know is. It's something to like, just keep me going, kind of a thing. But no, why? Well, I, there I went. I yelled. So <laughs> what? I, what I want to know is why did you put the fifty back on? Because here's the interesting thing with gastric bypass. The idea behind it is is so that your body absorbs less calories. Yes, of course, there are complications of which you have experienced some. Um, again, no point in crying over spilled milk. We're moving forward. So okay. the issue is with gastric bypass, it doesn't resolve why you were heavy in the first place. It, it manages a symptom of a right. coping mechanism. The coping mechanism being obviously overeating to the point of becoming uh, obese or unhealthy. It forces the body to take in less calories, but it doesn't get to the root of the problem. So no matter, you know, you, 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 you can't run from that. And as you see, you could still put weight on even with gastric bypass. It, it can't Absolutely. be run from. So what is going on for you when you're eating and you're putting on 50 pounds? Because mentally, emotionally, psychologically, that is the, the demon that you sort of need to contend with and wrestle with. Okay. Um, I just went through a second divorce. <laughs> oh, well, honey. Okay. Now that was, it was, I mean, it was a good thing. It was really hard, but it was because I got so sick fr- from this gastric bypass, the health issues that came with it. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I was anemic to the point where they thought. No, that I, I, was- I don't care. Not that is not what we're talking about. You're, 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 you're moving around here. I, I need you to stay on the question I asked you, which is, what's going on when you put the way back on? So now you've, you've told me that you've experienced a divorce. So. Even yeah. if you wanted to be out of a relationship, divorce is, is tremendously, it's one of the most stressful things you can go through other than losing a loved one, uh, losing a job. It is, it, is. it is very hard. So again, now you're in a situation where you're going through something stressful and hard and painful and you're, you're turning to food to cope. So what needs- I think I just didn't have any motivation to move, which I would do You're depressed. Before. You were depressed. And that- I was. Uh, yeah, of course. And then, and then, so- what needs to happen here is you need to find ways of getting help for that issue. And okay. it, it could be it could be getting into therapy. It could be joining a support group at OA where you're around supportive people who are going through what you're going through. It could be joining an online community and finding support there. It could be reaching out to friends, family, loved ones, and letting them know you're going through a hard time. You need them to, uh, to be there for you, to work out with you, to help you stay accountable in, in this time when you're feeling depressed and, and losing your motivation and overwhelmed simultaneously to protect yourself. You need to continue to manipulate your environment so you remove foods that are higher calorie unhealthy because when you're looking to that coping mechanism you're not going to be able to eat what isn't there so you're again managing the symptoms but in a way that's constructive instead of destructive putting the treadmill in your bedroom is a perfect example Uh, another thing that you you need to be doing is finding ways to nurture yourself and cope with these emotions that are affirming and not destructive so I've been definitely trying to do that. I'm getting out a lot with my friends and planning things that make me look forward to things and not just kind of dwell on what's behind and and kind of finished. So since we moved back to we moved to Georgia. So since we moved back to LA, it's definitely been more of an uplifting 
environment because my family's here, my friends are here. So you're doing okay. So you're doing a lot of the right things. You know, you you I'm get back to school. <laughs> you okay? So you're being proactive, and you're doing. I'm no, 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 no! Don't say trying. I, I hate that word. I hate it okay. so much because trying implies that you're you're failing at something. You're trying. You're not quite getting there. Uh, but you know, but gosh darn it, you really made an effort. I hate that word. You're not trying. You're doing okay. it. You're taking steps every day. You're being proactive. You're back in school. You've surrounded yourself with loved ones. You're taking steps. You've reached out and called me. So that's what you need to continue to do. You need to emphasize all of those things. Take care of your hygiene. It boosts confidence. It makes a statement that you value yourself, that you love yourself. It can make you feel beautiful, as simple as it is. You get a manicure, pedicure. You take a bubble bath. You go out with friends that are for you and not against you. You de-emphasize the, the influences in your life that are negative and self-deprecating and sabotaging. You remove the junk foods. You manage all of those things. And when it comes to the physical metabolism... I mean, this is this is the simple part. It's like you exercise, you lift weights, you do your resistance training, you work out, you try to get it in, you know, 30 to 45 minutes in a perfect world, four to five times a week. You count your calories. That's it doesn't gonna, have to be every day. It can just be four to five times a week. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. When you do it every day, of course, it's advantageous um, and the results will come more quickly. But I don't know how, how realistic that is for the majority of, of, of most people. Um, a lot of us are very busy. We work, you know, you're in school, what have you. So I like to say to people, try to give me 30 to 45 minutes. Four to five times a week. If you've got more in you, it's gravy. It's all it's all downhill then. That's that's golden. But when it comes to metabolism, just those simple changes will make a huge difference and remove processed food as much as you can. And and you know, that can be kind of confusing, but you know, don't eat Twinkies, don't eat Oreos, don't eat ding dongs, don't eat Cheetos. No, we don't do that. Okay. So <laughs> I you, actually got my, my mom and my son to eat quinoa this week. Then honey, you know, you you know you know what to do. I do. I've been watching you for a long time, and I'm learning really slowly, but I'm learning. And everything that I learn, I bring home and, and, and try. So. so instead of kind of, you know, thinking about this as, as, a, as a physical thing of like, how do I jumpstart my metabolism? Okay. I want you to continue to build your sources of support emotionally and work on developing and strengthening coping mechanisms for times of stress, which will always come in and out of your life that yeah. are positive and affirming as opposed to negative and destructive. Okay? Okay. Can, like, I, can I tell you something just for you? <laughs> I want to tell you that I'm adopted and I know that you're, you posted the other day that you're going through your second home visit. Yeah, my second home study. My mom is sitting here right now and I have to tell you, I'm 37 years old and she's the godsend for me. My mom went through this and she wanted me to post on your wall how amazing and lucky that you are to do this. So I oh. wish you all the hope and luck in the world. There is nothing more oh. amazing than I'm looking at my mom now and people tell us that we talk alike. They're like, oh, you look alike. <laughs> we look nothing alike. But I would not give my mom up for anything in the world. Oh. And I wish you every hope and happiness and just enjoy every second of whatever little munchkin 
I have to tell you that I, I really appreciate that. And, um, you know, I'll be, I'll be brutally honest with you. It's scary. And, of course, you hear a lot of very scary things and a lot of scary really propaganda. Scary. My mom had a car packed and ready when they got me. She, she was ready to drive to Canada because she was just, the second they put me in her arm, she wasn't, that was it. Oh, I'm, I love that. And that, is, that really is, uh, first of all, thank you for sharing that story with Enjoy me. Enjoy every second thank of it. Thank you for giving me that peace of mind hold that little skin <laughs> no matter what happens. I will. Uh, you want to talk about stress? Mine's going to turn 13, so. <laughs> oh, okay. don't, don't, okay. I, 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 I Don't scare me. Keep it on the positive tip. <laughs> oh, he's amazing. I'm going to his gymnastics competition today. He's amazing, but Thank that's you, a Nicole. whole other kind of stress. It's, it's, it's wonderful. All right. Thank you, buddy. I really appreciate it, and I really appreciate the call. So thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay, well, that that was our first show. Hope you liked it. I'm tired. I don't know about you, but I'm exhausted. Oh God! Well, you, you got because you know it's like, you had to like kind of you had to expose yourself. You had to be you had to open. It was up an emotional bit. roller coaster. Woo! This show. Do you think we got our seats back? I think we have our seats. Or back. Our seats back. Or hooped. All right. And, uh, we got another one coming up. Yeah, we got another one coming up next week, and we're gonna have Maria Rodale. CEO of Rodale, of course, the Rodale family legacy, uh, biggest independent publishing house for organics and wellness. They've got men's health, women's health prevention and what have you. But uh, Maria wrote a book called The Organic Manifesto that has subsequently changed my life uh, and my direction in the wellness field. So I cannot wait to share her with you all. Read up on the book. Ask your questions to her next week. Thank you. Peace. Remember I used to say that? Yeah. Please. <laughs> if you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger. I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. <laughs>